there's nothing to take away physically from Bryson if you're an amateur. Like you can't copy any of this. Here's what you can copy. And welcome back to another par train. The U.S. Open just ended. We've got a great show for you guys today. Um, one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. We got Matt Cermak here as well. What's up, everybody? U.S. Open weekend. Little recap. A lot of fun for all you new listeners. The Par Train uses golf as a platform to help you live a better life, or at least make it less frustrating than your golf game. Learn how to achieve peak performance on and off the course from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, and more. Today, what we're going to do is talk about Bryson DeChambeau, give you guys some context on his life story um, and what got him to this point, right? A lot of people are going to talk about the U.S. Open. We'll touch on the U.S. Open and how it impacts maybe his future, um, but we also wanted to give you context um, so that you can maybe take some tidbits maybe for your game. So we'll go through his amateur career, his body transformation, his mentality with his equipment and technology, his U.S. Open win, likability factor. We'll talk about why not many people like him and mental learnings. I think it's going to be a really interesting part. And then we'll talk his future, right? But first, we got to talk about super speed. It's one of our friends and partners, um, but they're a big part, I think, of Bryson's transformation. I mean, it's one of the tools Absolutely. he uses to gain speed and hit it longer. Obviously, we know he put on a lot of pounds and muscle, but super speed is a way that he helped get more distance, right? 100%. Super speed, like you said, great friend of the show, great partner of the show. Um, I mean, there are over 600 players, 600 tour players, tour bags, their, their equipment across the world. And, and Bryson, right? I mean, it's all about power these days, and there's no better, <laughs> I guess, example of it than Bryson. So Super Speed has really created a program for not only pros, but amateurs to you know, put you through um, a combination of fitness and, and golf drills to ultimately hit it farther. And, you know, it's only good timing to see Bryson finally get that major. And a lot of it has to do with all his speed. Right. So, and one thing speed. to keep in mind, guys, out, is, guys. you know, it used to be a $200 set, three different clubs. We had super speed on a few months ago and talked about the super speed C that that's a single club less than a yep. hundred bucks. I think it's 95 bucks. So, yep. Hey, use that as like a dip your toe, right? pretty affordable. Um, go to superspeedgolf.com, enter the code PARTRAIN and get yourself some more distance like Bryson. Be like Bryson. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to hit, a, you know, maybe an eight iron instead of a seven iron in the second shot, right? I mean, heard nice. of it. <laughs> okay. Let's get into this. A lot of people know what Bryson's been doing lately, but let's talk about his past. First thing is starting with his, his amateur career and his childhood. I think this was the funniest thing while researching for today. People don't know that his full name is Bryson James Aldrich DeChambeau. I classic. mean, it's just so classic uh, Bryson <laughs> that he's got that formal of a name. Um, but he was born September 1993, young kid. West Coast guy. Yep. Born in Modesto, California. Um, attended SMU in Dallas, Texas, right? after he won the yeah. Cal State Junior Championship at age 16 in 2010. Yep. And Shocker. Pretty, uh, pretty great tradition. Great golf program tradition. So no surprise yep. there. 
majored in physics. We all know this, nicknamed the scientist. It's been overdone. <laughs> um, but he won, like I said, the NCAA individual championship in 2015 um, at minus eight, one by one stroke. And then in August, he won the USAM in seven and six, right? Smoked them. So the other guys on that list that we talked about to win the NCAA and the USAM in the same year, Jack Nicholas, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and Ryan Moore. What happened to Ryan Moore? Not bad. Moore? Well, Ryan Moore's one of them, cashed a lot of checks on the tour, but DeChambeau, you know, is probably going to get a little higher on that list. But yeah, it's pretty incredible. Like he was, he was what he, he was dominating at the amateur level, and yeah. to be in that kind of company. So I think I remember watching him kind of come about because you know he just had a different look, a different swing. He started to hear about his story. You knew he was going to be good. And I read a quote of. I think when, you know, we're going to, you know, he, he won the USAM, so he played the Masters there in 2016. He was the low amateur, and he was playing with Phil in the practice round, and Phil was quoted saying, I think this guy's got a ton of talent, and he's going to have a steady climb in his professional career. And that's, that's proved to be pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got, seemed to have gotten better. But that Masters was pretty cool. You know, I think he, uh, like I said, we, he was 21st place. And he had a great quote we found. I think you liked that. Um, yeah. Because we've been said, talking a lot of mental game, you know. Yeah. He said when asked of his expectations the week of the Masters in 2016, he said, I don't have any expectations, whether that's making the cut, whether that's missing the cut, whether that's doing something special. All I'm going to do is my absolute best. Whatever it is, I'll learn from it. I think the last line, if people could take that with them, yeah. if they didn't learn anything else from our entire almost a hundred episodes of this podcast, <laughs> do your absolute best, whatever it is, I'll learn from it. They would be ahead of the pack, right? If you're, well, I think that, right. It's like, whatever happens that day, I'm going to be actually excited to reflect and learn about yeah. what happened. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know there's, what? There's really, I think that. that's actually a great segue into learning about his journey. Right. Because I think what Phil probably saw was something similar to Phil himself, which is this hunger to learn more, keep improving a little bit after. I mean, that's usually what you hear about the great ones, right? Not saying we think Bryson's going to be one of them, but he's on a pretty good list so far, he's ar- right? I mean, he's already etched his name in, in history. Right. You know, he's not so, a Hall of Famer yet, but he's got it going. But I mean, so think good, about, think about Kobe, good, right? Think about Jordan. Think about Tiger. I mean, these guys are world-class talents, and Phil too, right? And they are still tinkering all the time, still not good enough. And I think a lot of guys, that's probably what separates the – because to get on the PGA Tour, you're a phenom already, right? Well, I mean – I think think you're right with what you're saying, but, you know, it's a slip – it's a – you know, Bryce is the kind of guy that I think – he talks about the more information he has, the more at ease he is, the less complex it is. That's very different because, you know, I think you're right because you talk about Tiger, you talk about Kobe, you talk about Phil. Guys are always kind of finding little ways to get to, to improve their greatness. But that's a slippery slope. Ab. Look at Jordan Spieth. This is a guy who's won three majors who tried to make some swing changes. And you heard him say this weekend, I have no control. So, like, you know, it, it takes a certain, especially in golf, I think a certain individual because we have seen great players go the other way, all in that effort mm. 
to get even better, Patrick Parrington, another example, won three majors in two years. So, but Bryson's unique to this because of his whole approach, right? But that's, that's a great point. I mean, how, for someone listening to this that wants to get better, how, how do you think Bryson's doing it where he's walking the line, <laughs> getting better, but not going down the rabbit holes and losing himself in the process? I think there's people, some people out there rooting against him a little bit. We'll talk about that, but this was validation for him. Mm-hmm. But what about his approach, Ev? Like, he's so unrelatable, right? Because, like, he, let's, for starters, the first thing we learned about him was he's a physics major, and all his golf clubs are the same size. Right. And you find a good same little tidbit of research, same length. And I didn't even know this. Bobby Jones, most of his clubs, they said, if, if not all, were very close to being the same size. And that's his hero, right? So that's where he kind of discovered this concept. He's a Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones is, you know, is his hero. It's a good hero to have. Yeah. But that's interesting because he did that in 2011. And Bobby Jones was the longest driver of his time. Mm-hmm. Hit it so much further than the competition. I think, you know, and you know, he's inspired by that. And then Bobby also said, make putting your own. Heshan Bryson has made putting his own. He's tried a couple different. He did the side saddle. He was conventional. He yeah. did the side saddle. And now he's got the arm lock. But in, so... You know, it's just, I don't know. It's very unique, his, his journey, you know, and I think. Uh, yeah. Well, but it, here's, we, here's we've seen something. the progression, too, on the tour, you know, his success. I think 100%. And I think maybe one difference, right, between, like, someone like Spieth that's tinkering, still trying to get better, right, trying to find it, even after winning all those majors, trying to get misses smaller, right, trying to gain distance. I think what's really interesting, though, is there, there might be a huge difference between hearing what a coach is saying and trying to get better, listening to this coach, trying to get better. Whereas it seems to me, and maybe this isn't fair because Bryson's so unconventional, not saying everybody has to be unconventional, but I think because his approach is so non-traditional, that it's easier to have more confidence because it's kind of like me versus the world. It's like that silly example we've talked about a couple of times in the show, Matt, where I got freed up because I hit a hybrid off of a, the tee box of a par five. Right. right? You, you did, I'm going to play it differently and commit to it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anyone thinks. My three wood could go in the bunker. My driver could go long OB. I'm not going to get yeah. home in, th- in two anyways because there's water in front of the green. And so I just picked, I picked my approach, right? And I'm like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm doing that. And I think that right. is a huge driver of what Bryson does. And if you compare that to like a Spieth. Let's compare it to the other guy nobody, nobody likes at all. It's Patch Creed. Yeah. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to do it. And we got two major champions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see, you see, well, Patrick Reed for one second, because I don't like to give him a lot of airtime. Uh, when he hits those cuts off the tee, because he's a natural drawer, he's finishing like, Arnie. oh, I know. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of refreshing to watch. I got no time for the guy, but, but, but the defiance, right? Like, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. This is how I play. This is what I do. And I'm going to own it, right? Bryson's amazing at, at that, you know? So, so let's look at his but, career, right? Seven PGA Tour wins. Yeah. First, his first was in 2017. So that's the kind of the crazy thing, right? We, we think of Bryson right now as the Bryson we know. 
but it's kind of like looking at Barry Bonds, right? Pre and post, not saying Bryson's on steroids, but six protein yeah. shakes a day, like, come on. So, Oh, on the course. Yeah, it's kind of, ugh. it's kind of crazy looking at the Bryson that came on tour versus the Bryson now. One web.com win or now Corn Ferry, one European tour win. That was so, in, he won in Dubai in 2019, so that was recent. Yep. Yeah. Um, so for context, right, he's 27 years old, first in the FedEx Cup, fifth in the world. He's had six starts at the U.S. Open, obviously now won one of them, one top 10, his, his only top 10 at the U.S. Open. Actually, interestingly enough, his, his first top 10 ever in a major was the PGA um, yeah. this year. Four, he finished fourth. And that was, yeah. a, that was a difficult, difficult course. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's had 16 uh, major championship starts, one win, 111 PGA Tour starts, seven wins. So I mean, it's, a, it's a great start to a career. Yeah. You know, Phil said, just this gradual progression he, he expected out of him. But nobody expected to approach the game. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> like craziest, in, the craziest part about all this <laughs> is – and we'll talk about his likability. Maybe we talk about it now. But the craziest part about all this is not only did – I mean, we talked before we got on the show. Tiger rebuilt his swing four or five times, yeah. you know, just, yeah. despite yeah. winning all these majors. Um, not only did Bryson do this physical transformation, he, like, called his shot. He was like right. – yeah, just to let you guys know, I'm going to look a lot bigger. I remember him talking to the Barstool guys, and he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, my shirt size, I used to be a medium. I'm now a large, right? This is my waist size difference. He was like right. really talking it up. And, you know, I think Brooks made fun of him multiple times. Yeah. He's well, getting yeah, flat from the guys on tour. Because he's, he's kind of awkward. He's kind of weird. He says like things that like, you know, just kind of just shake your head. So he's like – it's kind of easy to make fun of, yeah. but but the Tiger point is kind of interesting. But Bryson made a, a gained thirty pounds in less than a year and changed his swing in an off season, or you know the COVID off like the winter and then into the COVID off season. Tiger took for Tiger's first change swing change, you know, took probably almost over a year to set in. His second yeah. swing change with Haney took over a year to set in. Um, so, but yeah, but let's go back to Bryson. So he gained 30 pounds and he gained 30 yards. Here's what I find interesting. Ev. If you look at Bryson in his first couple of years, he was a, he's a really good player. One of the emerging players on the tour is winning, but he really was even, he was averaging like 296, 300 off the tee, but he really wasn't that straight of a driver. He actually got his straightest in 2019 to like 66. I saw in driving accuracy, but like even in his first couple of years, and I think he was probably, he got to the tour and realized how long he needs to hit it, but like, I'm a smooth swinger at the same time. I think he mm-hmm. was caught up in that. Um, I, but the physical transformation is everything. I mean, coming into this year, if he started out the year and he gets a couple top tens and a win, and everyone's like, sky's the limit, you know? Um, but there's so many people that are rooting against him too. Yeah. Like, are you happy that he won? I always love the stories, right? Especially like the transformation journey and someone like trying something that's non-traditional and seeing it work. That's interesting to me. I I don't think he's very likable as a person. It's not like I'm, when he gets to the top of the leaderboard, I'm like, yes, you know, it's not that. But you can't take your eyes off him. No, it's still fun to watch, you know? 
it's, I it's think a great the, part of the stuff about the likability thing real quick is you're right. He is awkward. He's non-traditional. So anytime you go against the pack, people are going to raise their eyebrows and be like, why aren't you doing it? He's, you know, he's not one of the guys, right? He's yeah, not exactly. like one of the, he's not JT or Ricky or, but like perfect example not, today was a 90 foot is, putt, right? 90 foot putt in the front of the green. And he's talking crazy numbers with his caddy, right? Yeah. Trying to figure things out. I mean, that's not how the normal person's mind thinks, right? But speaking of the 30 pounds, I don't want to go into it. It's been talked about at nauseum. So we're not going to talk about that. I want to talk about really quick is the violence of his swing. Do you think that that's sustainable? Well, I think most people like us who aren't experts, but play the game would say no but at the same time you put on the weight to sustain the violence right like and yeah. he is he we're, he has a muscle activation specialist he works with and he's got all these trainers and all and chris cuomo who's the one of the hottest coaches in the game you know it, it got him to do this and chris cuomo is no like you know you know he's no idiot so um if anybody can do this for it's bryson because I think Kevin Kisner said, you know, how could he put 30 pounds on this quick? I mean, this guy's got too much time on his hands. And that's Bryson for you, right? So, but back to your question, can he do this for another 10 years, play like this? I don't know. But he's only 27. I think he can do it for a while. Wasn't Chris Chris Como the one that hurt Tiger the most? No, that was Sean Foley. Or was that Foley? Yeah, Como got Tiger back on track. Um, um, And Como... Yeah, no, Como's really good. Um, it was Sean Foley who got Tiger into stack and tilt and really, you know, uh, put Tiger into kind of a tough right. spot with his body. But Ev, here's the thing. Like, I'm not, like I said, I don't love Bryson, but, like, part of me thinks he just, because the way he looks at the game, he just knows something we don't. And so this physical transformation, it's clearly working. He's playing golf in a way that nobody can play it. I'm not, it's not much much as his back, maybe his knee, because you watch that left foot spin out completely. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like he's definitely putting himself at risk, but. But here's the thing to keep in but mind. I'm more, I'm more interested of, and who's going to start copying this? And we're already kind of seeing it. What influence is he going to have on players? Right. I mean, here's the thing, though. Let's talk about influence to the amateur, because that's who's listening. Sure. Um, I think it's, there's a pyramid effect of influence, right? We want to play the, the clubs and the grips and everything that the pros are playing, and we assume that'll cascade down and give us, you know, the performance that they get, right? But I do think you have to remember, it's the, the narrative from the golf media is, this is the new way to play the game. You should try and get as close to the hole as possible, as much as possible, and you're going to play better. You're going to score better from doing that. But remember, the players that are doing that are the players that have the best short games in the world, right? Yeah. And so for me, my least favorite, and this goes to some of the mental game stuff yeah. of, of course, management and club selection, my least favorite thing to do on a golf course is get penalized for a good shot. And so what I do is I try and give myself the biggest possible area to miss. So like Ryan, our buddy, does total opposite. He tries to cut corners 
Yep. Right. Impressive. And if he hits a straight drive, he's going to be in the shit. Where for me, if I hit a straight drive, I don't want to be in the shit. So I'll lay back and I'll hit a club that if I hit it perfect, it's perfect. If I miss it, it's short of a bunker. And if I miss it in another way, it's fine. But there is a difference though. I'm curious of like your thoughts on that mentality for the amateur, right? Because we know the driver's the most erratic club. So if people are just going to be bombing it everywhere, I think they're bringing more doubles and triples into play versus well, I think really thinking through it. I think you're 100% right, Dev. You can't, I don't think you can – there's nothing to take away physically from Bryson if you're an amateur. Like, you can't copy any of this. Here's what you can copy. His assertiveness mm-hmm. and his preparation yep. and his attention to detail, right? So, like, he said today that Chris Cuomo, like, in his press conference, I'm attacking it. He got me to think about attack it and not be fearful, mm-hmm. right? So amateurs and all of us need to think about it that way, whether you're hitting a, whether you're hitting a driver, whether you're hitting a five iron off the tee. Yeah. Attack so let's talk, let's talk about that more because we're going to talk about it later, but let's just talk about it now. Yeah. Um, last week's episode that I've gotten a lot of good feedback from listeners and, and friends as well was the right science up. behind getting in the zone. Stephen Yellen about the fluid motion factor. It was the last episode. If you guys haven't listened, definitely do. Um, to give you guys context, I have had a huge block, 40-yard right miss for over a year. And so much so that at a member guest, I took the driver out of the bag. I was hitting three wood all week. And I played last week with the fluid motion factor in my mind. And basically all it is, is freeing yourself of trying to do anything. It's, it's, a, it's knowing that, it's very simple. It's knowing that fluidity is more important than you trying to do something in the swing. Mm-hmm. You can have intentions. You can know where to miss it, where not to miss it. But at the time of swing, fluidity and, to your point, assertiveness and commitment is the most important, your best chance to hit a good shot. Right. And I've been testing it at the range. You know, I've got like a little confident grin on my face. I'm being very light very curious, trying to play Love like it. a kid. And it's true. It works. And so I, I wouldn't swing as violently as Bryson, but I do think to your point, the best thing to take away is the fact that, okay, his version is bombing it over the trees, trying to get as close as possible, but that's a fearless way to play. And so that right. might not translate to exactly the shot you will hit, but the mentality you can replicate, right? 100%. Rip it, right? Whether you're laying up or whether you're going for it. Um, I think everybody, I, I think that's the key with Bryson. You know, like obviously as amateur players, we don't have all the resources to get all the information. You know, you see him reading, you know, his green book and the breaks and all that stuff. But there's nobody that works harder. There's nobody that thinks his, you know, his, people like, oh, it's just, he's just hitting it far and he's just gouging it out of the rough. I mean, this guy, no, this guy comes prepared and has a plan and sticks to it, right? So if your plan's hitting three wood off the par five or maybe a hybrid bolt, stick to it, right? Or it's a driver. But yeah. I don't know. That's where I think he does it better than any, I think he does it better than anybody else. And I think he works harder than everybody in golf right now. Now, his approach isn't for everybody. It's, it's probably not for anybody else besides him. That's what I'm so, like, and for amateur golfers and for people listening, like I grew up playing and trying to be great, like the fitness, the diet, swing coach, the mental coach, you know, 
equipment, it, it all takes a hundred percent. It's holistic approach. And I think nobody spends more time in the details than him. Now we don't want to get too caught up in the details. You got to go play your game, but I just don't think anybody outworks or out prepares him, you know, and there's, and there's yeah. a lot of guys are hard workers, but like, Boy, he makes it, he makes this weird, odd approach work, and he's a major champ. And he well, came from behind today too, Ev. Yeah, that's yeah, it's a good point. I mean, a lot of people are just gonna remember his dominant <laughs> performance, but he was two behind. You know, Matt Wolf that shot didn't he shoot five under yesterday on the hardest day? Yeah, yeah Matt Wolf shot five under yesterday, and he yeah. shot I think five or six over today. Now it's funny we haven't talked about Matt Wolf. I know this is a podcast about Bryson, but really quick, those two are very are similar in the sense of being non-traditional, doing it their way. I think that is really, I think that's one of the main takeaways yeah. of this whole podcast is you don't need to be Bryson, right. right? But I think the point is, is that Bryson figured out what worked for him and yeah. he f- put his foot on the gas in that direction. Right. Where I've spent, I've wasted many years. I still do this. You know, I, I really wish that I had the perfect takeaway or the perfect swing Mm -hmm. or that I used less arms or hands. Right. Like, but at the same time, I've also wasted a year of my golfing life trying to get my arms out of the swing. Right. And it's really hard to do that. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a minor example, but I guess my point is like, not to say like, you know, double down on your flaws. Right. But you also got to know like what's working. You have to, you have to have an individuality and you have to recognize that. I mean, I struggled with that too growing up. I was always chasing the right takeaway and the right lower body movements. You get away from who you are. I mean, Matt Wolf and Bryson DeChambeau, does does any of their stuff look pretty? (laughs) Yeah. No. no. <laughs> well, and think about think it. That, and do you think they care? <laughs> no. I mean, isn't it interesting to think about Matthew Wolf and how, you know, I've gotten two lessons from George Gankus, his coach. We've had him on the yeah. show. Um, that's one of our most popular episodes. If you guys haven't listened to that, he talks about him. But Gankus was the only one that was telling him, I love this right. move. I want to work with this move where all the other yeah. team coaches are like, and if everyone else would have this. changed his swing, he probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's like, they're great examples. Obviously like they're top players in the world, but like there's a lot of good and there's a lot of most amateur players have a lot of good in their swing. It can be fine tuned. It can be tweaked, but it doesn't need to be overhauled. And like you said, you're kind of living proof of that this year and you've kind of come to it. You've been playing really good golf in the last month that's because you've kind of had a reckoning with yourself and, you know, just trying to actually embrace your individuality. Right. And you can actually get better that way, you know? Yeah. And it's not that you don't want to, you know, get your fundamentals better than those things, but like at some point, right. Well, it really, it's interesting you say that because it really clicked for me last week when we had Steven Yellen on the show about the science behind getting in the zone, because I think I had heard a million times you can't take the range to the course, right? You can't be thinking, you can't be working on things on the course. I heard it. I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, I got to have a swing thought, right? But yeah. I didn't, it didn't click for me until last week where I learned, oh, the fluidity is my best chance to hit it well. So 
it does, that is why I'm focusing on it. It's not like, forget my thoughts. I'm still thinking about a takeaway, but I am fully bought into embracing a fully committed, fluid swing. Yep. And that allows you to kind of let go of, you know, all of the quote flaws that your swing might have, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, you know, I think, so. I mean, those are the, those are the takeaways when you watch these kinds of guys like Bryson and, and Wolf. But, you know, obviously Ev, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little more in depth about what happened today and this, and this week with, with Bryson. So he hit 23 of 56 fairways. So, and there's all this talk about how the ball is going too far and he's changing the game and like, but it's like really most of guys who win U.S. Opens, it's so hard to hit a fairway, whether if you're, you're Fred Funk or you're Annika Sorenstam, like the fairways are, <laughs> are so narrow, they're so firm. Yeah. And then two, we saw a tiger in those first two rounds. He'd be missing fairways by six feet and all disappear. So yeah. Bryson was third in scrambling this week. You know, and any U.S. Open winner, you know, very rarely, you know, you got to have power a lot of times to win U.S. Opens. You got to have precision. You got to have feeling creativity. And I think that, you know, like I think his putting is truly remarkable. You know, just his consistency and his lag putting. Because in the U.S. Open, you don't hit it close. You just don't hit it close a lot, right? Right. You hit it close less, and you've got to be able to. You know, did you see Danny Lee just like playing yeah. hockey on the green yesterday? But like, <laughs> yeah. that's the frustration. Or, or like that's the frustration that builds on this. So to me, like, I don't know, Ev, like I think about Bryson's new game and like the US Open just seems meant for him because he takes the most preparation, um, the most discipline, um, you know, and, and I think he's all about that. He just yeah. loves the process. He loves the battle and he stays so committed. So um, did I think he was gonna win by that many today? No, yeah. but it was it was really impressive. I mean, speaking nobody of, could nobody could get close. He was just playing great, you know. Yeah, and I think just talking on the U.S. Open for a second. I mean, and I know this might be the culture we live in. It's a Twitter culture. There's always two sides to everything. But I thought it was kind of crazy that the years past, right? It's all about this. Isn't fair the USGA is creating this tournament that is just so absurd. Players are complaining. You hit it a foot past where you should, and it rolls off the green. But then Thursday comes around. People are up in arms about that it needs to be harder. This isn't a real U.S. Open. The greens are yeah. too soft. And then it, it takes a turn, and people are happy. It's so all, it's like yeah. – It's all just – to me, it's all just noise. Like – I think I love that the U.S. Open once a year is we know it for what it is. It's the ultimate hardest test in golf. Yeah. But I thought it was a great setup this week. We saw 65s. Yeah. And we saw 82s. Like, you, you know, you, they had a short par five out there where they both hit big drives and hit pitching wedges in. Yeah, and there were eagles people. today. Like, you know, two guy, one guy was under par. <laughs> you know, two guys were under par. Right. But like, I don't know. I, I thought it was I thought it was perfect. And Bryson truly separated himself. You know, um, so no, I, 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 like you said, right. People were mad then <laughs> it's too hard. And then it's not hard enough. Well, it's <laughs> funny because one last point to your point about the, you know, if you think about, think about this as a player going into this week, right? You're about to play your practice round or maybe your first round 
and you're seeing these i mean how long how wide are these fairways like 25 yards or something ridiculous like if that yeah and they're just running so fast so i mean so hard down, fast fairways 20 and 30 so yards wide. right and there's, and there's just it's just it's, it's just insane <laughs> but so taking some of my experiences you know i'm not a tour yeah. player by any means but like thinking about the amateur again you know i've gone into events whether it's a member guest or Ryder cup thing with my friends and you go to a course where you think to yourself god really got to hit fairways this week for like sure you really can't miss fairways this week so much so that you might think okay i need to hit like stinger low irons i need to, I need find, to I need, do I need whatever to a, i can to get in the fairway a fairway finder shot because right? i can't play from, from the trees or the guns right <laughs> but that's not the winner did not have that mentality so i think that's important no. because it's like he he knew his so not again not saying to bomb it every time but if he knew that that was his strength he leaned into his strength and he committed to it and he swung yeah. free right i think a lot of players this week probably got in trouble because they were tentative off the tee because they didn't want to hit it in that rough but you know well, you're going to it's a, a large it's percentage a really good, of the time it's a really good point Ev. you know and he bryson clearly has one speed and that's full bore not yeah. off the tee whether it's driver or three wood um and like you said but he just stays committed to it mm -hmm. right so i think like a lot of guys like i saw wolf was hitting three wood and went on late in the round when he was down three or four and he put in the rough off the tee you know um i don't know i i think that i think the game's in a great place right now because we're kind of i think where bryson has a is people think he's moving the needle um i don't think he's you i don't think he's very copyable but like at the end of the day, you can hit as long as you want, and you can hit in the rough, but you've got to be able to scramble. Yeah. That's the name of the game. The yeah, the, the game. other takeaway for and me. And I don't think – and to me, that's just classic U.S. Open. Yeah, the other takeaway for me is a quote from our episode with Chuck Quinton. The title of the episode is Learn a Perfect Swing in 60 Minutes. He talked about efficiency of movement. So having movement in your swing that has the least amount of moving parts that's basically Bryson's game from his putting to yeah. his single plane, same length irons. He's just trying to remove the variables, right? One other thing I will say about Bryson, there was a lot of holes that set up well for him at Wingfoot his, for his draw. And that was big because remember the last four, three, four tournaments, he was, he has not played well in the FedEx cup. Like, you know, he shot really high at Olympia fields and that played really difficult. So like, there's always going to be that element too, because if this, if this style of if what Bryson does is still like taking the game by storm, he'd be winning every week. You know what right. I mean? So like yeah. Tiger, there's golf courses that don't set up all for Tiger, you know? And well, see, that's so, an interesting point you know, because remember when we won, were growing up, he's, he's the greatest ever. You know, we were but, growing up, Tiger was winning five in a row, six in a row, right? Yeah. People weren't talking about what is Tiger doing that everyone else can start doing, right? right? So, Tiger was seen more as, which is true, a phenom talent. The winning was attributed to his talent and his gifts, where in this and his, case... And his, his artistry, too. Yeah. In this case, though, it's being attributed his, to the body changes, the equipment. And I think it all has to do with the personality, the type of swing, his vision for his game. You know, like Tiger is all about, you know, there's still a lot of hands, a lot of feel and a lot of creativity where Bryce, Bryson, even when he's coming out of the rough, it just looks like his hands are up here and the swing's going up there. 
like, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, how does he do it? Yeah. <laughs> Where Tiger, it's like it was like he was more like painting. He was painting a canvas, right? So yeah, it's overdone, but it's because of it's because of what it looks like. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? With and Tyson. how scientific it is, right? Inherently, that right. leads it to be something that's copyable. Whereas Tiger, it's like, you know, teach I mean, me to play I'm, like Tiger. You can't. Right. And Tiger's like, I'm hitting fades from draw stances at the Masters because that's what right. feels good. Right. So right. would walk off the course if somebody told him to do that. <laughs> you know? Okay. So speaking of the Masters and beyond, let's end on a prediction wow. or two, right? Everyone loves to overreact. We did this with Colin Morikawa, yeah. right? Colin won a lot leading into the tour. He's got the great mindset. He's got a beautiful swing. He won young. He, he played well down the stretch. People start saying, why can't Colin Marikawa be an unbelievable talent that wins many majors yeah. in the future? He's incredible. Let's think about him versus Bryson and Bryson versus the field moving, moving beyond in the future. Like, where do you think, if you had to guess right now, not to put you on the spot, but I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, man. If you had to pick the major count, of Bryson at the end of his career and yeah. win count. What 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 do you see? I see Bryson I see Bryson at four majors and twenty victories. That's what wow. I like with Bryson. Um, I think he's gonna be a, he's gonna be one of the great players of a generation and a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, like I said, he's just so unpredictable what he's gonna do next. That's and, low. You know four Major, majors majors four is low i think considering the culture we live in with people getting overly excited and the fact he's 27 yeah, I mean, a lot of people would say i'm looking at the major counts now okay yeah four is um tom morris <laughs> old tom morris senior and well, junior. let's just just stop with the list here okay we got rory's got rory's got four majors right <laughs> ernie ells has got four majors, yeah there you right? go Okay, so you know Nick Feldo's Bill's got, got five. Bill's got five. I mean, like I, I think there's an unpredictability with Bryson. You know, he's an incredible talent. He's got something that's really interesting. But he's, you know, we've seen him have mental breakdowns. Like said, you know, you know his body could be. He's just, I don't know. He's a mixed bag. I think he's really good, but, but you know, he's not. He's not gonna prove to me. Morikawa has been way more consistent than Bryson. You know, now yeah. he's younger. He had like, I mean, 23 straight cuts. Like you got to, Bryson has not exactly been Mr. Major guy. Remember right. he finished fourth in the PGA. So again, I'm not going to get into the hype. That's what I like. But no, I, I like don't that. know if I, um, but you know, in terms of the Masters now, boy, it's going to be unbelievable. I think Bryson sets up well for the Masters with his high draw. Yeah. He's going to hit driver sandwich into, into 13. 13. I know. He hits the highest. I think they said on the coverage today, he hits maybe the highest or maybe second or third highest ball on tour, especially with his driver. Here's a, he, he's not a very good, he's not a very good short iron player out of the fairway. Mm. We've seen that a lot this year. So, you know, he's going to have to battle with his irons there, but you know what, who I, you know, who's the guy that's playing so well is Justin Thomas. You know, I, I actually think uh, he's going to be my favorite tour in the Masters. JT, I, what I've noticed of him versus everyone else, especially Bryson, he's like the opposite of Bryson in terms of yeah. rhythm and balance. He is, he's always balanced, great rhythm, and it just seems so effortless. Incredible, um, incredible iron player. Mm -hmm. Iron play to me is so key at Augusta. 
But do so you think Brooks but, will have more if, majors than Bryson? I do. Yeah. But his yeah. health is starting to become an issue too. Yeah. So like, I mean, well, Bryson's health is not an issue. I, I'm not even gonna say that. It, it could be, but Brooks is turning into Tiger early. So. Yeah. You know. What? But that, that's my thoughts, Ev. If you want to sign off with any other, tell us. Tell them. I mean, it is tough because I don't it's, – it's hard to predict them immediately after a win. It's easy to get caught up in the hype train. Um, I'm going to see consistency for Bryson in majors. I, I'll say this. Because he's so scientific, I think it's easier for him to have confidence because it's easier to have – I'm someone that's motivated by, oh, not a lot of people do it this way. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do, keep doing it that way, right? He's that way too. And so to me, I think it's really important. If you're going to be a champion, you need to feel like you have an edge going in, whether that's mentally, he, whether that's physically, whether it's, you know, and he, fitness. And he's got, and he, he's he has that every time. It's a good so point. when you think about like a fill with five, it's kind of crazy Phil only has five. But there's a difference between like a lot of majors. It is right, but forty plus crazy bar. (laughs) You know, forty plus wins. uh, It actually, I'll say this too. This will be the last thing I'll say. Guys like Rory, guys like I'd I'd say Rory more than Phil because Phil is much more of a scrambler. Doesn't matter where he's hitting it, he's going to save it with his short game. But a guy like Rory, Rory's got four. We've said this before on the show years ago. Rory to me is like a guy that if he's got it, he wins, right? But he doesn't, he doesn't win when he doesn't have it. Um, yeah, Rory's Rory's Rory at his best is maybe maybe there's nobody better maybe yeah. other than Tiger. Right? DJ is is kind of like that too. Um, Jason Day was like that. Brooks, I think Brooks has a little bit more grit. To, I mean, he did it at Beth oh, Page, right? Yeah. He didn't have it on Sunday. He figured out a way to do it. But you want, you want to talk about confidence. Yeah. Nobody exudes it better. Right. So Bryson, in today's game, because of those reasons, I could see Bryson getting to five or six. Yeah. No, it, it, just it's because true. of that. Yeah. He's just such an interesting, unpredictable guy. But like you said, he's got an edge. He has yeah. an edge. Let's, and how many let's guys just, are going to want, want that edge? Let's just yeah. hope next time he gets asked a question after he wins that he doesn't lead oh with thanking God. his sponsors. He's been doing that all year. It's like <laughs> cringe, but good for him. That's a, I thought that was a good deep dive. He's fascinating. He's great for the game. And, you know, yeah. keeps I hope, more, I more, hope more this episode. On, on it. Yeah. I hope this episode, I think we touched on some learnings that you can take from him. Um, I think those things, I hope people got those takeaways. And then also go to superspeedgolf.com, enter the code PARTRAIN, get yourself some more distance. You'll get we've 10% all, off. I mean, we, we've all, you've all, we've all, we all need to be working on our speed. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it's just the name of the game. So. All right, guys. Great. Well, uh, thanks for, thanks for listening. Um, if you don't yep. follow us already, follow us at the PARTRAIN on all the social media platforms. And uh, just a little bit of a teaser. Um, starting next week, we are going to have our hundredth episode and we're going to be doing some special stuff on our Instagram every day. We're going to have a giveaway, uh, for seven days. And so 
make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast because that's going to be a way to get entered and make sure you're following us and that you guys are entering every day and engaging. It was a big, it's been fun four years and um, we're excited about the episode coming. Bryson had a, has his journey. We've had our journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about it next week. (laughs) Hit milestones. All right. Hope everyone's well and uh, we'll see you guys uh, next Sunday. Thanks guys. All right.